Welcome to Take 10 with Pastor Don. I'm Don McGarvey, pastor of the Troy Mills Christian Church in Troy Mills, Iowa. This is our third podcast on the topic of 10 characteristics of young Davids. And as I've done with the first two, I will post the script for today's podcast on my blog, In Pursuit. You can read it at donmcgarvey.com. I wrote this list many years ago after being confronted with the Apostle Paul's statement in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, where he announced, very boldly I might add, that King David was a man after God's own heart. Now we'll talk more about that in just a moment, but for right now let me share the final characteristic that, that I think helped bring David to this place of being, af- being a man after God's own heart. The tenth characteristic on on my list is that David learned from his mistakes or from his losses. Every mistake David made led to the loss of something. Life, power, pride, security, even riches. Now I learned a few years ago that athletes think in terms of winning and losing. No big surprise. One great athlete made the following statement, we win or we learn. And I believe David learned from his mistakes or his losses. A few years ago, I learned a new phrase, at least it was new to me, from leadership guru John Maxwell. The phrase was failing forward. Most of us think our failures are setbacks. But the truth is that our failures can become the launching pad for great successes. There's a reason we failed, and we need to learn what that reason is so that we can correct it and don't continue to repeat it. I think repeating the same mistake over and over may be a fatal failure. So we need to learn. David learned from his mistakes. Oh, he made a lot of mistakes. Some were more costly than others. But if we read through the scriptures that describe his life for us, I think we can safely come to the conclusion that he learned a great deal from his losses. I'm also convinced the lessons learned from King David's mistakes contributed to to David being a great king. Even today, thousands of years later, David is still held in high esteem Being like David is a goal that all young Israelis have. Now, I've alluded to the fact that at one point I really struggled with Paul's statement about David being a man after God's own heart. I'll have to admit that I struggled with this idea for many, many years. My opinion of King David was that he was a royal bum. Let me elaborate. If you look in 2 Samuel chapter 11, you'll read about David's sin with Bathsheba. David never should have been walking around the roof of the king's house. He should have been out doing battle with his army. The very first verse of 2 Samuel 11 puts it this way, In the spring of the year, at the time when kings normally conduct wars, David sent Joab with his officers and the entire Israelite army. They defeated the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
I don't know why David stayed behind. I, I, I don't know why he didn't do what a king was supposed to do in the spring of the year. We're not told that. It's a, a mystery to us. But this was the time, if you keep reading, that king, uh, the king saw Bathsheba and he sent for her. It's also the time of great tribulation for the king and his family. Bathsheba became pregnant by King David. King David sent for her husband, Uriah. Uriah was fighting with Joab on the battle front. He was a mighty warrior. And the plan was that Uriah would, be, would return from the battle and that David would allow him to spend time with his wife and so that David would be able to say that Uriah was the father of this child. But Uriah was more noble than the king. And he chose not to go into his wife, but he slept in the servants' quarters out of respect for his fellow soldiers on the battlefront. Because of this, if you keep reading, the king essentially ordered Uriah's death. He worked with Joab, had the soldiers pull back away from Uriah, leaving him unprotected, and he died. The child that Bathsheba was carrying in her womb also died. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 12, Nathan confronts King David with his sin. And eventually, I, the child died. Uriah died. And eventually, David took Bathsheba to be one of his wives, which was also contrary to the plans of God for the kings of Israel. Later, if you keep reading, Joab, out of frustration with the king, sends David a message and he tells him to bring the rest of the army so they can besiege the city and capture it. Joab threatened to name the city after himself if the king didn't do what he was supposed to do. Now, all of this was bad enough, but I got to tell you, it gets worse. And I struggled with this. One of King David's sons, Amnon, raped his sister Tamar. You can read about that in 2 Samuel 13. When the king heard about Am, or Amnon raping Tamar, the king became very angry, but he didn't do anything about it. Another one of David's sons, Absalom, heard what Amnon did to his sister, and he became so angry that he hatched a plot to kill Amnon. After Absalom killed Amnon, Absalom fled to another country where he lived for three years. After three years, Absalom was allowed to return back to Jerusalem, but the king said he could live here, but I don't want to see his face. I don't want him in my presence. Well, you keep reading as a result of this treatment, Absalom leads an insurrection against his father, the king. It was a coup. Absalom wanted to kill his own father just as he had killed his brother and so that he could become the king. David runs for his life. It's really messy in Judah at this time. Many people died that didn't need to die. Eventually, Absalom is killed by the loyal armies to the king. Because of all of these things, I really struggled with Paul's statement about David being a man after God's own heart. 
Then nothing in those in that description sounded very godly to me. It took me a long time before I would teach or preach about King David or even give consideration to Paul's statement of David being a man after God's own heart. One day, though, someone came along and just simply pointed out to me all, that all of David's sinfulness caused him to be a great and a quick repenter. Now, my computer didn't like that word repenter. Matter of fact, it said there's no such word. I disagree. We all need to be great and quick and maybe live in a continual state of being a repenter. I spent some time reading Psalm 51. This was David's prayer of repentance. And I want to close our time by reading some of his prayers. Rather long. I can't read, I don't have the time to read it all, but you read it all. Psalm 51. He starts off by praying, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your loyal love. Not because of David's love, because David's love wasn't loyal. It was hit and miss at best. And then David said, because of your great compassion, wipe away my rebellious acts. Cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be pure. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And grant me the ultimate joy of being forgiven. And he keeps going. Listen to this. He says, do not reject me. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Let me again experience the joy of your deliverance from my sinfulness. I added that part. Sustain me by giving me the desire to obey. Rescue me from the guilt of murder. And then he ends with saying, The sacrifice God desires is a humble spirit. O oh God, a humble and a repentant heart you will not reject. Well, it sounds to me like he learned his lesson. And hopefully we can learn from his mistakes too. Well, that's our time for this time. Thanks for joining us on the Take 10 uh, podcast with Pastor Don. If you haven't subscribed yet, please ring the bell. And as always, if you are comfortable with doing so, please tell your friends about us. May God's blessings be upon you. Thanks for joining us. God bless.